Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. I, I was watching you over on the sidelines. Just what were you thinking as you saw the Steelers marching down the field? So we keep asking ourselves why we keep putting ourselves in this position. Yeah. You know, we're a better team than these games been telling. So, you know, we got to figure out a way to to come out that little funk we in at the end of the game. You know, it's kind of like a, a little funk we had. <laughs> it's kind of like that little funk we got, but, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take us leaders to keep pushing these guys. So. Ooh, I wonder what the, ooh, that was an interesting comment. It's going to take us leaders to keep pushing these guys. Who's these mm. guys? It feels like everyone just hates the coaches. That's I'm yeah. not reporting that. I'm just, like, I'm just educated guests having, you know, We've been in some locker rooms before. Just kind of that's kind of the that's kind of what you would say if you're just sort of sick of the coaches. Oh, yeah, and also these close games now, like this is just this is them though, right? Like, like I don't think they're I don't think in week what's next their next game is week fifteen, mm-hmm. correct? I don't think in week fifteen you develop the new identity of let's let's blow a team. I mean, you were up by twenty nine points last night, so like this is just you. And and I don't think they're not as good a team as we thought. And then there are a lot of other factors I think that hold this team back. Yeah, and we're gonna get anyway, we're gonna get into some of this stuff here. So they did win last night. The Vikings are six and seven. They're a half game back in the standings of a playoff position because the Vikings, no matter what, always keep it interesting. So uh, this is Purple Daily. We try to keep it interesting, too. Daily Vikings Entertainment, Daily Vikings Therapy, Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, our executive producer, Declan Goff. And if you're watching us on a TCL TV, thanks for supporting the show because TCL is one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands, and they've got a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. And, boys, it is Pie Chart Monday on a Friday here on Purple Daily, and it's a pie chart of praise. So, Dex, let's fire this up and let's dive in. Now on Mackie and John. You wanted better charts that you could see the fine print on. The pie chart of praise. You should be singing his praises. It feels like it's going to pain Judd to do a pie chart of praise mm-hmm. off that game. He's been so disgusted by the second half. But this is a pie chart of praise because they won the game. So go ahead, Judd. I gave this a couple thoughts. My first thought was no one is going to get a slice of pie. And then I thought, well, that's not fair because Cook played well and played hurt. And so I was going to to give him the entire pie. Mm -hmm. But after further thought, I'm going, the chef will get a large chunk of pie and he'll be last. 
Uh, but I am going to give out um, one, two, five slices of pie because the first four will be into five percent, five percent to each. So just small pieces. Five percent goes to Harrison Smith, who actually made the key play at the end of last night's game. He is is the guy that helped knock the ball loose on what was actually from Big Ben a heck of a throw. Uh, the receiver caught the ball initially, and then it got knocked loose. Smith also five tackles, a sack. Uh, I think for the second time in three games, he looked l- like himself again, which is to say my contention is he is still good, but he's not as good as he was consistently a few years back. And I think last night he looked pretty damn good for a lot of that game. 5% to hit man Harrison Smith. Mm. 5% to a guy who returned after sitting out a game on Sunday and it does nothing but put up statistics. Um, I understand that linebackers traditionally lead a team in tackles, but Eric Kendricks, 5%, 11 tackles, a sack, two tackles for a loss, a quarterback hurry. Eric Kendricks is just damn good. Like, like he, in a defense where a lot has gone wrong and sideways, he's just a damn good player. So he gets 5%. 5%. Because he dropped a few balls, he tipped a few balls, 5% though still goes to Justin Jefferson. Seven catches, 79 yards, a touchdown, 15 targets, including 10 in the first half. Was he perfect? Absolutely not. Was he utilized like he probably should be, like a lot of us have demanded? Absolutely. 5% goes to a guy who, even on his worst day, is still pretty damn good. 5% K.J. Osborne. Stealing out, catches three passes, 83 yards, catches the key one towards the the end, 62-yard touchdown. Um, Again, was he perfect? No. Did he do a good job? Yes. And that that, uh, pitch and catch from him to Kirk on the 62-yard touchdown was very nice, so 5% to KJ Osborne. And then the rest of it, 80% goes to Dalvin Cook. What, dislocated shoulder 11 days ago? I didn't think he should play. 205 yards, two touchdowns, hell of a game. Um, I don't even know if it was smart to play, but the reality is I believe that was the seventh single biggest rushing game in Vikings history. It was the highest rushing total for a guy in 2021, surpassed what I think uh, Jonathan Taylor had like 185 for the Colts. So 80% to Cook, 5% to Osborne, Jefferson, Kendricks, and Harrison Smith. It's funny, you and I actually sliced our pie very similarly. Nice, a snappy 243 there for yeah, Judd Zilkin. it's not much of a, and there, there's yeah, not much to say anymore. It pains you to do that pie chart of praise. It, it does. <laughs> it does. This okay, is what do you pie- have to say to the people over the last 24 hours yeah. that wonder why, does Judd hate the Vikings? Why is he rooting for them to lose? Why is he, why is, hey, they won the game, what? What's your problem, bro? I hate this team. Yeah, I do. I, I hate this team. But but both of you tell me that I did not say the same thing four or five years back about, about the Wild. I said the same exact thing. And at the time, you asked me the same questions. And I said, because there's so much more to give here. And now look at this team. I love this team. I can embrace them. They're the best team in the league. And it doesn't feel like a fluke. The Wild's playing great. And they're a team. They're a team. Phil, I hate this team for for exactly what you said on Mackie and Judd. I hate this team because it feels like it's the most joyless collection from coach to the players. 
It's the, it's joyless. They are going to the dentist to play football. That's not sports. Do they get along? I don't think so. So so like I think I have good reason to despise this group. Yeah. Um yeah, I think it that's right. We, you know, we start every show, most shows, by saying the mission statement for Purple Daily is we want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. And I think the disgust, which Judd has more disgust, but like I have a certain level of disgust as well, and Declan does, mm-hmm. is because it just doesn't feel at all like the right path. That they're not going down a championship path despite taking a twenty-nine nothing lead in the first half, right? Like that's just kind of smoke and mirrors for where this team is going. So here's my pie chart. Because I'll address a couple of these things. 5% to Ben Roethlisberger's creaky old bones. He was great in the second half, or I should say more specifically the fourth quarter. Like, that was kind of vintage Big Ben, right? He's yeah. just in the pocket, throwing the ball over the middle, making tough throws, leading the team back. But it took him about two and a half hours of real time to get loosened up enough, which was enough time for the Vikings to build what turned out to be an insurmountable 29-point lead. Ben Roethlisberger is 39 years old. He's played with the same head coach and basically the same offensive scheme for about 15 years. And he's still looking at his wristband for plays. Like, his memory's going, his body is going, and it took him two and a half hours to get warmed up for that game last night. And uh, the Vikings should thank those old creaky bones, allowing them to get out to a head start. So 5% Ben Roethlisberger. 5% Dalvin Cook. And you might say, why only 5%? Well, maybe he should get more, but I've, I've got a big slice for something else later. That dude dislocated his shoulder 11 days ago. Probably should not have played. Like, there was a big, a big risk of re-injury or, you know, maybe doing something that knocks you out for the month of December. He had 110 yards before contact last night. So credit also to the blocking, but 110 yards before contact. His shoulder barely got banged at all in that game. Speaking of the offensive line, 5% to everyone along the offensive line except Holdy Udo or Oli Uh-Oh, as Pulford School loyal listener says. Mason Cole and Garrett Bradbury had their best games of the season, according to Pro Football Focus, and they've looked pretty comfortable as a tandem. They're not perfect, but the Vikings have found a little something maybe the last couple of weeks here. They've been shuffling deck chairs the whole season. So uh, Oli Udo was the worst graded player for the Vikings in that game. Mason Cole and Garrett Bradbury were the best graded players for the Vikings. So uh, 5% to the large, gaping, Grand Canyon-sized holes that Dalvin Cook was able to run through unscathed for 110 yards before contact. So 5%, 5%, 5%. I got 85% left. Let's just give it all. The final chunk of pie, 85% to the Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins gravitational pull toward 500, which works both ways. You've seen it play out the last couple of weeks. It also works within the game. Take a 29-point lead. Give it all back, right? Or, you know, start from behind and then make a furious rally in some cases. But last year, they rattle off, you know, a bunch of wins. They run like six games out of seven or whatever. and they So they're coming all the way back to 500. And then they, you know, come tumbling back down. You lose to the Lions and everyone kind of writes you off. And now you're two games under 500. The gravitational pull kicks back in. You got to beat the Steelers the next week to keep your record close to 500. So they're talented enough to beat anyone in the league or at least to hang with anyone in the league. The Cardinals, you know, the Packers, they beat. Uh, They're also talented enough to take two and three touchdown leads. They've got weapons on offense, right? But they are flawed enough in terms of 
whether it's scheme or leadership or just minting, uh, you know, missing a killer instinct, mental chip, to also lose to anyone in the league like you saw against the Lions last week. And I said this on Mackie and Judd. I feel like Zimmer and Cousins, although, although very inherently different human beings, they both lack the leadership qualities of some of the best coaches and quarterbacks. And I'll bring it up one more time. It really bothered me. When the Vikings had a chance, they're trying to ice this game out. It's like, you know, clock's winding down in the fourth quarter. And and Kirk gets pressured. He tucks it. He runs on third and five. And he converts a head-first diving first down play. And in that moment, it was like, all right, the Steelers have been making a push to try and come back. You know, we're, you know, we're kind of backs against the wall here. Season's kind of on the line. If you lose the game, you're three games below 500. And he dives for a first down. Big moment. Crowd is feeling it, right? All 11 players on offense walk back to the huddle like zombies. You know, Cousins doesn't even give you the, yeah, F yeah, you know, the, you know, you like that. You're, t- you're telling me that an offensive lineman doesn't come over and slap him across the helmet and, you know, grab him by the shoulder pads. There, Justin Jefferson's not coming over. You know, where's the fire? Where's the leadership? Where's the excitement? It's like a bunch of robots just going through the motions because it doesn't feel like there's great chemistry on this team. And so, um, you know, the gravitational pull works both ways. It can pull you toward 500 when you don't want to be, or it can, can bring you up toward 500 when you've lost to the lions. So 85% Mike Zimmer, Kirk cousins, always finding a way to pull toward 500, 5% each to the offensive line, minus Udo Dalvin cook and big Ben's creaky old bones. All right. 504. Okay. Well, 504 drive there. Oh, for yeah. mm-hmm. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad. Uh, the, my, my pie chart, this was difficult to figure fill out because after the first half, I had a bunch of pie that I was ready to hand out and everything looked great. Um, I just have three chunks of pie here. Uh, I'll start from the bottom. I'm giving 20% to the first half Vikings. I'm giving 20% to what the Vikings did in the first half because if you did not go up 29 to nothing, well, you wouldn't have won the game. Everything was working. That first half was brilliant. It was execution. It was targeting Justin Jefferson. It was taking shots. The first half Vikings were the team that I thought was was what we've all wanted to see this season. And instead, uh, the second half happens. But without that first half, you don't win this game. So 20% to the first half version of the Minnesota Vikings. Mm-hmm. Uh, 30% to Clint Kubiak. You know, actually, I, even in the second half, as the Vikings defense wiltered, I didn't have much nitpicks with Clint Kubiak's play calling in the second half. I really didn't. Um, I, I thought in the first half he had, a, he had a great target of ratio of getting Justin Jefferson the ball. They still took a shot to K.J. Osborne in the second half. I mean, Dalvin Cook was still running up and down the field for 200-plus yards. I had no problem with Clint Kubiak yesterday. Even in that second half with them wiltering, I thought Clint Kubiak was calling a very excellent game. He deserves credit. So 30% to Clint Kubiak. And then just 50% to Dalvin Cook being an absolute monster, dude. I mean, he has one shoulder basically working right now. Still rushes for 200 yards. I tweeted out that it reminds me of when you were playing like Madden on rookie level. Like the holes and the big explosive plays and running for basically 20, 15 to 20 yards every single damn time he touched the ball, yeah. dude. He was an absolute animal in that game uh, for to run for 200-plus yards on a, just one shoulder. And I think he had a harness in, right? Like, is that what he had? Or he had some yeah, type had of something. thing on? Yeah. With cortisone shots and pain tolerance. I mean, there was there was a play, I think, even the fourth or fifth carry, where he gets tackled hard to the ground after a big run. And I'm like, oh, he's out. He's definitely going to be out. And he still is able to rebound and rush for 200-plus yards. So th- this was a very difficult pie chart. 
because of how they wiltered in the second half. But for me, just three chunks of pie. Uh, 20% of the first half Vikings, 30% for Clint Kubiak, and then 50% to Dalvin Cook. A two-minute offense for my uh, pie try to plays there. Wow, dude. Two-minute offense. Efficient. Wow. Boy, did you get out of Whoa, that was good, man. As I literally am out of my last breath. But, yeah. (laughs) Oh, it's because you're dying. Yeah, you you could have used an extra five seconds, an extra play, but uh, Chase Claypool was busy celebrating your second piece of pie there. Still, he just couldn't quite get back to the line of scrimmage. So, all right, there it is, the the pie charts of blame, presented in part by a guy who can still enjoy a slice of pie once in a while and lose weight. It's all about moderation, baby. And that's because of my friends at Livia Weight Control Centers. Okay, so if you're saying right now, okay, Jed, you've been talking about this for a while now, but I can't lose the, the weight. It's just impossible. I'm going to tell you right now, two months ago, I was in the same boat that you are. And then I, I went in, I weighed in, I was nearly 240, showed up at, at Livia yesterday for my weekly weigh-in. 210 pounds, boys. Ooh, 210 oh pounds. Thanks. Thank you. Dirty 30 and pounds. Gone. Exactly right. And that's and now you can join me in shedding the pounds. It is the season to believe event, and they are giving you a reason to believe Livia's best deal of the year. Join today. Save 50% off the program. That's right. 50% off the pro- program, and your first visit is free. Limited time offer. Call 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A or visit Livia.com. That's Livia.com, 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A. Seriously, if you want to lose the weight, check them out. Tell them Score North and Judd sent you and and inquire today because it is a limited time offer, but you can save right now 50% off the program, Livia.com. Mm-hmm. So uh, those are the pie charts there. Give us Give us your pie chart of praise. I think we also had a request on Mackie and Judd for if you're if you're just mad about the way that game played out, you can also give us a pie chart of blame for just the season so far that they're still under 500 going into December. They haven't been above 500 in like 700 days or something. It's pretty amazing. So oh, Judd, yeah, what? But the 700 days, or did you see? Yeah, breaking that's incredible. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. I'm saying that's incredible. 700 days for this. Hmm. Yeah, because they weren't they weren't above five hundred last year, and they've that's been... hard for this team to do. Yeah, like yeah. this team's ordinarily to to your point, the gravitational pull ordinarily takes you to I don't know. The pull has three. been yeah, it, it's it's been calibrated incorrectly. It's like it's like yeah. the the fi, the five hundred mark is like you know slightly below five hundred, and that's that's the gravitational pull. But it is time now for the Judd Zolgad Surly Sermon of the Week. This is your second Surly Sermon here. Of the week. Oh, yes, yes, yes. The surly post game preach, the surly sermon. <sighs> this is gonna be this is gonna be short and sweet, but it is what it is. The Minnesota Vikings, make no mistake, ladies and gentlemen, have revealed themselves to be exactly who we by now expected and thought they were. And that is a team that has the components to be especially offensively, more so offensively. An excellent team. And that team last night, ladies and gentlemen, took a 23-0 lead at the half. In the third quarter, it led 29 to nothing. Kirk Cousins' statistics at that point weren't even that great. But you know what? Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, I'll throw in K.J. Osborne. Most of the line playing halfway decent. Your offense, damn good. Oh, my gosh. 
This is what they could be. And you said to yourself, I'm really happy because like it's fun to watch, but I'm also curious, where's this been? Where have these Vikings been? And then you sat down to take in the rest of the second half, 29 rip. And you're thinking, I'm cracking myself, my surly right now, celebrating this one. And the Minnesota Vikings showed you not who they could be. That was 29 rip. They showed you who they are. A group of joyless human beings playing a sport that takes joy to play. A group, a group of players who, when they are prospering, like to give it back. A group that, as a unit, put your spreadsheets down, put your grades down, and just watch them. Doesn't work. It doesn't work. They took their shot, too. I'm not dumping on them. It's a reality check sermon. And that's who the Vikings are. The final score in some ways is perfect. Win or lose, don't care. Because the Vikings in one night gave you a snapshot of what 2021 has been all about. About potential, joylessness, and in the end, making a win feel like it was a loss. It's almost over. Thank God. Wow. Wow. I, okay. I love the way you frame this up. That the It's brilliant. The first half is what this team can be. The second half is what this team is. And they won. Mm-hmm. They won mm-hmm. the game. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's going to happen. Like, no one said they were going to lose out after the Lions game. And they, maybe they beat the Bears. They, they might make the playoffs. But... Mm-hmm. And and no one expects them to just be up twenty three to nothing at every halftime. But like the, the first half was a clinic in defensive pressure and forcing three and outs. And it's like okay, no Daniel Hunter, you can still do some damage on defense and offensively throwing the ball down the field. And and they were even like Kirk Cousins was like eleven for twenty five, and they were still running the ball and throwing the ball down the field. And so why can't they sustain their best more often? And I think it's because they just have crappy leadership in key spots. Mike mm-hmm. Zimmer is not a great all-encompassing leader. At one point, he was a great schemer. And I think he at least held the ear of the locker room for the first several years. I don't think he's a garbage leader, but I don't, I don't, I mean, he's certainly not a Mike Tomlin or a John Harbaugh or what Pete Carroll was up until like the last couple of years and Bill Belichick in terms of like, hey, this is more than just a defensive game plan guy. This is an all-encompassing leader of 53 men. He's not that. And you can tell the players are not, like, eight agents for players. Are, players are clearly ripping him to the agents, and they're tweeting things, and players are taking sideways shots. And Kirk Cousins, he's I just work here guy. Doesn't mean that he's not talented. He's super accurate, and he has huge games. And statistically, he's one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL year after year. But... He constantly is deflecting and passing the buck. And, well, you know, I just run the plays that are called. And I don't really worry about, you know, timeouts. That's just not my deal. I just, you know, I just, I get in the huddle and we just kind of take it one play at a time, whatever. Like, he doesn't want ownership of this team. Mike Zimmer should want ownership of the team, but he just wants ownership of the defense. And Clint Kubiak's 34 years old. Where's the leadership? And it's, so it's not surprising that you would take a 29-point lead instead of resting starters and maybe even giving some backups a chance to play and whatever, or giving Dalvin Cook's shoulder a chance to rest, that instead you're fighting for your life because you don't know, okay, who, all right, okay, they scored a touchdown. All right, where's the leadership here? Oh, I don't know. It's, uh, look over there. Oh, Mike, Mike Zimmer's got to fix it. Well, Kirk's got to fix it. It's just a game of hot potato. And they're all talented enough to not go 3-14. and 14. 
And that's the frustrating part. It's like, you know, well, why would you, why would you fire a coach who's 15 games over 500? Well, is the goal to avoid something horrible or is the goal to win a Super Bowl? And, yeah. you know, last night was a great example. I love the way you put it. We talked about the first half of, of what transpired last night. How many times in training camp? Like, if they unleash this thing, it's a real, it could be really good. Um, and that's why our expectations were so high. And internally, theirs were too. Like, there's a reason why in that building they thought we're going to be really good. Like, they didn't just miscalculate, miscalibrate terribly. There's an there's intangible effects that go into being good. Do you, do you recall uh, one of the times that Barr came back? It, it might have been when he was about to sign with the Jets, and then the Vikings brought him back, which now, in retrospect, I think most of us agree was a mistake. And Harrison Smith did an interview shortly thereafter and was almost in tears about how like tight the group was and how it was a family and how that's clearly gone. And I'm sorry, but in sports, that's important. That is vi- that is vitally like what Harrison Smith was talking about was not some joke of oh he's yeah he's being a no he was serious. That's an important intangible that you feel and and I will say this in Harrison Smith's in my in my opinion decline. Now I thought he played really well at times last night, but he is another guy who I think you can get a feel for his game just by watching him and how he's buzzing around. Like like when he's playing well, it's like, this guy looks like he's playing sandlot football. It's awesome. I haven't seen that much. Because I think if it's joyless, it's joyless. Like, I don't think that you can, you can't be the one guy saying, I'm out here having a great time. It's got to be, it's got to be a collective effort that's led by a central group. And Phil, I think you're right. I think it's just lacking. And we got a jump start there on uh, nitpicks, but let's go around there. And we'll start with Declan because when it, so when they lose, we do silver linings. We're very balanced on the show. Mm-hmm. When they win, we do nitpicks, but we just got like a ten minute head start there on the on the nitpicks. I think <laughs> so. Uh, all right, Dex, what was your biggest nitpick yesterday? My nitpick was even though I loved the targeting, Justin Jefferson's got to come down with a couple more of those balls. He just has to. And and I, I saw a lot of commenters on our event line page saying it's okay for you guys to rip Justin Jefferson because I feel like we always love and praise him. But I do think it's 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 safe to point out that there were a couple throws yesterday that he has to get in and he has to pull down. Um, you know, th- there was a couple too. Kirk overthrew him, and that's that's fine. I'll put the blame on Kirk there as well. But there was at least two plays that I can recall. The one that he gets popped um, on, a, on a third down late in the game on, on a hard hit, but you got to come down with that football. Um, and I, I just think in general, even though the targeting was appropriate, there's moments that Justin Jefferson, if he is indeed the elite wide receiver, you need your elite player to pull down those footballs. So my nitpick is that Justin Jefferson needed to pull down a couple more balls um, because he, he, he did. He, th- those are plays that the Vikings had to have to, to seal off the Steelers. Judley, what's your biggest nitpick? Oh, my biggest one is going to, to be a guy that, that you said his position might be solved about three or four days back. Uh, Greg Joseph, who are you? Who are who are you, dude? Like, if you are the king of 50-plus yards, he's money, then you're that guy. But I, I believe it was a 53-yard field goal attempt that he missed last night. And then I think his next kick was a PAT, which he missed. Who are you? Like, if you're... If you are, and I'm not saying that you're never going to miss, but I feel like, much like with the rest of this team at times, we get lulled into this false sense of Viking security, right? Like, okay, he's figured it out. 
And then it sort of goes sideways. And then you're like, has he really, or am I wrong about that? So I'm not saying Greg Joseph can't miss. What I am saying is I'm getting a little bit tired of every time that I, I like let my guard down. And I'm like, okay, Greg Joseph, it's good. Sort of goes sideways. That's my nitpick. Yeah, I think I, I, I jinxed that one last week. <laughs> I was he's been he's been relied. He's like you know, six for seven or seven for eight from beyond fifty going into the game. And it doesn't bother me that he missed the PAT because those get missed. It bothers me that he missed the, the the long field goal attempt, and then it seemed like the PAT was affected. Like, if you miss, you miss. That should never affect your next kick because, like, that job is tough. Yeah. I get that, but it's like a closer. Hey, he's blowing three consecutive saves. Well, clearly, blown save one affected blown save two and three. Yeah. You know, I, I'm actually going gonna, gonna to reiterate my nit, my biggest nitpick and this is God, people are going to think this sounds so stupid and nitpicky, but when the game starts going sideways, first of all, that's football to some extent. Like that's football. I think we get we get more annoyed by it because it just happens all the time with this team. We're just like things go sideways. They they, you know, they keep making a lot of the same mistakes. But it really, really, really bothered me that despite the game going sideways, the Vikings showed some fight. You know, they hit that pass to Osborne and then that run by Kirk Cousins on third down. And they all look like they're just clocked in doing a job as opposed to celebrating a joyous moment on a football field where they dreamt of playing for their whole lives. Like, where is the joy in that moment? And it it it, it feels, we've both been... And, you know, all three of us, we've been around locker rooms and teams like Judd and I have been beat writers, Judd in the NFL, me in the NFL and Major League Baseball, where you can just tell, wait, you, I feel like you guys should be happier right now. I feel like you guys should be like celebrating a moment right now. And and there's just this weight because they hate their manager or their coach or they don't like their teammates. Like you can sense when something's a little off in a locker room or a clubhouse. And that's my nitpick. They won the game. They converted a couple big plays to push the Steelers back, you know, you know, to retake a bigger lead. And in those big moments, instead of it being, well, this is a back and forth game, whatever, like this is the NFL, and hey, we just got one over on them. Oh, nice try coming back. It was like this, like the happiest they were was, oh, I guess the cloud of dread has been lifted, right? Like, where is the joy? I don't know, man. It just it feels like it just feels off. That's my nitpick, mm-hmm. and I don't know how you can overcome that. So I think it probably takes a new coach, maybe a new quarterback, maybe some some other changes. But yep. they'll probably yep. beat the Bears next week, so <laughs> get ready for at it. The ver- at the very best, it has just simply run its course. Mm. Like like, and and that's part of it too. I I think everybody, it, it's like the band that is together for ten years. By like years eight, nine, and ten, they see through each other. There's no hiding faults. All warts are out there, and it just gets tiresome. And that's when you go off and you're Steve Perry and you go solo. <laughs> and then the you, long and winding road, Kirk and Zimmer are just going to start singing that one there, Judd? Yeah, well, Kirk, I would Kirk never has a great singing them. voice. Kirk has a great singing voice. Maybe he's yes. the Steve Perry. Yes, he does. I w- yes, I would never compare him to, to the Beatles, but yes, the same idea of they're just tired. Don't compare them to Journey either, one of the greatest American rock bands of our lifetimes. Okay. All right. Don't stop believing Vikings. What fans. yacht rock band? What yacht rock band are the Vikings, Bill? Uh, Ambrosia. Yeah, you know, just kind of kind of obscure, you know. Like, there's some hardcore fans, but uh, and Kirk Cousins is hit, hit, hitting the high notes, the high harmonies. All right, uh, if you miss Vikings Ventline, definitely check that out. Yesterday, it was very much a mixed bag. 
And if you uh, if you've never partaken in a smooth sail down Ambrosia Lane in the Yacht Rock section of Spotify, check them out too. Yeah, and don't forget Sunday as you're sitting on the couch. I want to oh, yeah. see you all tweet me at Jay Zolgad with your Surly Furious. Okay, show us your Surly Furious IPA. I'll be drinking one on Sunday. You should be too. Show us your cans. All right, that's a wrap on Pie Chart Monday on a Friday here. Mackie and Judd and Declan. It's Purple Daily Daily Vikings Entertainment.